morning, I'm Daryl Jones, Director of Research at Hedgeye. Welcome to the Macro Show for September 14th, 2021. We're going to get right into it this morning, so let's go. It looks like uh, the old CPI was what we thought it would be, huh? You see that? Lower than expected. So now we get uh, the commensurate dollar sell-off, you get commodities higher, and then you get inflation to go back up again sequentially next month. That is the subject matter of the early look. If you want the detail on that, I don't get up and plant uh, flowers at six in the morning. I write that for you. On China, I mean, we're bearish on China. There's no secret about that. There's no secret at this point that Hong Kong is effectively crashing. So again, a crash in an equity market, uh, for those of you that don't know, is down 20% from the cycle peak, which is exactly what just happened in Hong Kong. Uh, why it's happening in Hong Kong and not in the Shanghai Composite Index is because the Chinese like to defend their index into the close. All right. So if you didn't know, now you know. Now, what we didn't know, that the Chinese would actually report worse numbers than what Jonesy Buds and I, I even have in the model. Right. These numbers, Jonesy, are horrible. This morning, two and a half percent on retail sales. That's a 600 basis point slowdown versus last month. I mean, that's awful. And And again, I'm assuming they still made up the numbers to a degree. So that's pretty much one of the worst numbers I've seen in China ever in rate of change terms. And we'll talk a lot about ever this morning because ever is indeed a long time. So again, we remain bearish on China, plenty, plenty bearish on Hong Kong, EWH, and still bearish on FXI. So again, don't, uh, don't take that off. Keep that on a core, core short. Uh, FXI has actually worked out a lot better on the short side than the Shanghai Composite Index itself. So thank God I'm not short the local index and I'm short the FXI. All right, uh, but those are gonna be oversold and something to think about as you get into what they call southbound connect volume, which the Chinese from the mainland are going to allow, I think it says on September the 24th. So again, um, that could be a short covering rally in and around there. So something to consider on your macro calendar of catalysts as you would. So you know, a lot of questions on Ever, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Evergrande, Evergrande. We'll just call it the Chinese credit crisis. <laughs> if, the, if the Chinese credit crisis uh, spreads to U.S. shores, where will we see the contagion in our markets first? Credits, equities, um, and or, or how do you think about you know events like this? You know, we had these bonds of this real estate developer in China. You know, go no bid. Now we have this closed-end fund from BlackRock going no bid. So, that, you know, contagion cometh. Sounds scary, huh? <laughs> this is I mean, one, you'll find it in credit spreads. Don't, you know, we do look at credit every day. So you, high-yield credit spread, you might find it there. What, what I'll tell you, I won't find you won't find me say something like Bozo Kramer, like say that, that this is not a risk and it will never be a risk like Bear Stearns when he did that. That was just pathetic. Great for us from a branding perspective. But so you won't have me say, Jonesy, it doesn't matter. Um, it matters. And I'm making a shitload of money on it. Don't forget. I'm short China. It has not mattered to our long positions. But if you need that to matter so that you sound smart or sound right or like you could be right, you're selling people advertising, uh, a lot of different things, right? A lot, a lot of people have made a career out of that, but you're not selling the process. Because right? I could, I could, you could get me interested in anything that could destroy, like the beginning of the end of the world was always gonna happen according to Zero Hedge. And that day may come, but I, 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 I never fail to remind you, if indeed today is the beginning of the end of the world, I won't be here tomorrow, neither will you, and it doesn't matter. 
That said, we have timed every fucking quad four crash in the U.S. stock market that has happened since Hedgeye's creation. Since, since Hedgeye's creation. So I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with not knowing what they think they know and turning on a fucking dime when it does. Uh, point number two, which is the most important thing this morning, uh, is inflation. So one, uh, we have it. Uh, two, it's trending. Three, this word transitory is bullshit. Now, if we take yesterday's CPI report, which most people uh, saw and said, oh, it's a sequential slowdown, which by the way, we traded beautifully. We knew that that was gonna be sequentially lower. But on a two-year basis, Jonesy, was that higher or lower? It wasn't lower, it didn't slow, right? It was higher, that? yep. Uh, higher, that's a higher number than the last number. Yeah, I'll be damned. So there's that, there's that point. Now, the way to play the game at the highest level is to know what the reaction is going to be to a number that is being reacted to in the wrong way. Now that's next level, right? So we know that the number's higher on a two-year basis. Now a two-year basis, why would you look at that? Because then you can pull out the pandemic comps, okay? So it's not just the base effect, that's clear. We have a sticky stagflation. We have a more structural inflation than many, certainly Fed forecasters and people who thought that this was gonna go away at two or 3% inflation. Uh, would have ever told you or that are still telling you today. So the point is this morning, when we plug that into the nowcast, we get a, the highest number we've had for the fourth quarter yet, okay? In fact, this is the higher, highest inflation number I've ever had um, for the fourth quarter. So again, that's 5.11%. So what do you do with that? Well, what we know is if we plug in even higher shelter component costs, slide 62, I think on the macro deck, uh, then the number is gonna be a lot higher than that. So again, the whole point here is that inflation is not going away. 5% is now the minimum level of inflation that you're going to see for the next three quarters, including the one that you're in. And the Fed is eventually going to have to tell you that they were either wrong or lying to you or both. Okay, so that's important. Uh, I don't think they're going to say it at the September meeting. If they do, that will surprise the market. Uh, if they say it by the November meeting, that would be some, uh, I guess, some uh, construction of truth uh, and maybe the start of it. But again, that's uh, a couple trades uh, uh, now uh, away from here. I don't forget that on the inflation components for August, it also includes a natural gas price that's gone up 40% since in a month. Uh, and it includes an oil price, obviously, which is a much bigger component to our uh, now cast, uh, which is up 15% from 62 bucks where it bottomed at a higher low in, in, in August as well. And you got a whole bunch of other things like uranium, like who's paying attention, but our subscribers, uranium, up 48% in a month, all right? So that's going on. Now, the 10-year yield figured this out. It had the one-day shock, you know, to the downside or to the low end of the risk range. It's not magic, it's math. It got there, and it's most likely going to make a higher low. Not only a higher low for the cycle, uh, but a higher low for the risk range. So again, what I'm looking for here is that to break out or not. Many of you were kind of triggered yesterday because I'm like, well, what if we have quad two, but I'm not positioned for quad two. I said, I could be getting positioned for quad two. As I start to get positioned for quad two, I sold some gold on green as I would, because I buy it on red. But again, as I could go to quad two, but don't forget, I am in quad three. So I'm trying to front run this in as much as you are. But again, yesterday's move across the board was much more like quad three. The Russell 2000 obviously broke down uh, through trend as well, which would not be quad two. Uh, so that's something to think about. But that 10 year yield uh, is gonna frustrate people. It's gonna change the narratives. But what do we really need to change? What we should stay long of are things that work in both quad two and quad three, and that's really easy for me, uh, at least to do. Uh, um, not as easy to articulate or coach all the time, 
Uh, but hopefully we don't get 10,000 questions about the same thing this morning, Jonesy, in the queue on that. Daily new cases. So what's interesting is on the seven-day moving average uh, for the U.S., uh, cases are actually starting to roll over. Um, you know, we'll have to sort of wait and see how quickly they go down, uh, but they are definitely not uh, making new highs. Uh, so that on the margin is good. Um, if we go to uh, the next slide here, 33, you know, I don't want to get too into the weeds here on, um, you know, the sort of science underpinning this, but it is an interesting observation. Uh, it basically was a study uh, that looked at uh, blood donations um, and it looked at uh, seroprevalence and you can actually uh, distinguish between um, vaccine-driven immunity um, and uh, naturally acquired immunity um, based on different markers. And so analyzing blood donation samples uh, gives you a pretty good uh, read into what the um, seroprevalence of immunity is across the population. And what they found was that actually uh, acquired immunity, um, and this is uh, through July, uh, was up north of uh, 20%. Um, and that's, you know, brings the total uh, immunity, both um, naturally acquired and vaccine acquired uh, to 83%. So that's a very high uh, level of immunity. Uh, and we suspect that's why uh, we're starting to see this rollover here in, uh, in new case rates in Delta. So, um, yeah, we've basically acquired uh, immunity uh, at, a, at a very high level um, through both sort of the vaccination channel and the naturally acquired channel. Um, if you go to the next slide, uh, slide 34, just to point out, this isn't just in the U.S., this is actually happening globally. Uh, so if we look at global cases, uh, we're definitely past peak in terms of um, the rate of change. Uh, so daily new cases are making uh, lower highs here. Uh, so that's good news. And um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's a little hard with the media because the media obviously talks a lot about COVID every day. And um, obviously uh, there's a lot of terrible stories, which are certainly true, uh, but from a strictly numerical standpoint, um, daily new cases are now getting less bad uh, in terms of their quantity in the U.S. and, and globally. Uh, and I think some of that has to do with us reaching these higher levels of uh, acquired immunity. And yes, nobody was a winner on Friday, but to be a winner today, you had to buy some of that red. And that's how we do it. We don't chase green. We're not like panting dogs or FOMO hockey parents. No, 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 no. Have patience. I say this to a lot of hockey parents. We've had so many opportunities like this, and if it's one more time, we do it one more time. If it's two more times, we do it two more times. It, that, that's, you just take, take an opportunity that the market gives you and execute on it. If the answer was, to the first part of the question, should I worry about something over here and not execute, shitty hockey player, shitty at this. Once you have good portfolio construction, that's the first thing that allows you, will give you freedom. Once you find a loser in your portfolio or in your life, cut them loose, and you will be free. And you replace that 2% position with something that's working. <laughs> or you get bigger in a bunch of 1% positions that are working. You, if you can get yourself to indifference, you're like again, it's not irreverence in as much as it's indifference. If you can get yourself to what is working, let winners ride and get the losers out, you're going to just do a lot better. But what a lot of people do 
is they keep losers in their life and they keep losers in their portfolio and they're going to ride it and, and hope that it gets back to break even. So whether it's a shitty coach coaching your kid the wrong way, that's, you're not getting back to break even on that. Or a stock that's down 20%, it's going to be down 40%. Why not get out at 20%? Why not start coaching her the right way? You know, that's, that's, that's progress. That's change. The only thing you can do in your life when you're pissed off about something, which is losing money in this case, get rid of it. This content is for informational purposes and does not constitute an offer to sell or buy any investment vehicle, nor does it constitute an investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. Hedgeye believes the information sources to be reliable but is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions. The opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information is protected by copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient provided access by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited and subject to the terms of service at Hedgeye.com.